When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Breaking news to begin NFL Live. Kyler Murray out for the season with a torn ACL that happened right there on that play. Last night in Monday Night Football, unfortunate to see the tears, of course, as he was carted off of the field. And the worst that many feared is true. Dan Orlovsky, Ryan Clark here today. Lots to get to, but let's begin with this news. Dan, it's a December injury. Likely takes him out of all the off-season workouts, right? Totally. As we spin this thing forward, puts the start of next season in jeopardy. Sure. How much does this affect Murray's growth? I think it affects a ton, both with Kyler Murray and the organization. First off, hope he gets a uh, healthy and a phenomenal recovery as the year goes on. But I think it's fair to say, what is Kyler Murray or what kind of player will he be coming back from this? If we look at some of the other quarterbacks over the last maybe decade that have done the ACL, Carson Wentz is probably the one that is most similar. He tore the ACL in December, of 10, December 10th of 2007. Some could make the case that he was never the player that he was before that torn ACL. RG3 did it, I think, about 10 years ago in January. Could make the case that he was never the same player after that injury. Now, Joe Burrow did it uh, November of 2020. He's obviously become the player that many expected him to be. Phillip Rivers did it at the end of his career. Uh, Deshaun Watson. So it's like 50-50 if they're ever hmm. the type of player they were beforehand. And then I think... What does it mean for Cliff Kingsbury? Because there's an obvious public disconnect between the player and the coach. And if you are going to move on from Cliff Kingsbury if you're the Arizona Cardinals, that means the coach you're going to hire can't get any reps with Kyler Murray and this new offense all offseason. Does that minimize the, the pool of coaches that are going to sit there and say, I want that job. At 2017 for Carson Wentz, you said 2007. Sorry, yes, 2017. (laughs) What do you think? I I think that piece of it, RC, is what I'm most interested in from you, the coaching situation with Cliff Kingsbury and the relationship with Kyler Murray, some of the issues he's had even publicly. Well, well, they've had issues, and you also have to think of the commitment that the owners of the Arizona Cardinals have put into not only the GM and the head coach, but also Kyler Murray all that yeah. one time. And it seems that, like, right now, all three of those people are tied together sure. with the most important piece of that being Kyler Murray not available for the offseason and the beginning of next season. The other thing that makes you wonder about the Cliff Kingsbury experiment is it wasn't working with Kyler Murray anyway, right? Mm. Right. That, that, that there's dissension, that, that there's discord, that we're not progressing as a team and as a quarterback and offense, that's an issue. Well, I think you have to move along from Cliff Kingsbury, but what coach wants to walk into the 2023 season yeah. without having Kyler Murray at the helm or without right. even knowing what type of synergy you'll have because – Cliff Kingsbury, part of his pitch was, I can go get Kyler Murray. We have a relationship. And we're going to have a superstar That was why they drafted him. Right. 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 If a guy a piece who, of why, who right? says, I have a relationship with him prior or previously, can't work with him, why would I think I can as another coach, and especially hmm. not having point, an offseason to learn him? It's a real uh, thing. We'll keep all of this in mind as we watch how this all plays out. And, of course, as Dan said well off the top, hoping for the best for Kyler Murray yeah. and his recovery. We'll get to the Patriots, who won Monday Night Football a little bit later. But 
We're going to have a little fun here today. Spend some time looking at the teams with the best chance at winning the AFC this January. The Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, and Ravens, as you see, they're all poised to make a run to the Super Bowl. But if they fall short, well, what will be the reason? Well, let's take a deep dive into the biggest flaw for each team that could keep them from hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Mm. Obviously, there are positives. We're just focusing on these flaws to educate everyone. As we showed you, the Chiefs, the favorite to win the AFC, much like recent seasons, their offense is the reason why. Kansas City leads the NFL in yards per game and third down conversion rate. We all wondered how Patrick Mahomes would adjust to the loss of Tyreek Hill. Well, all he's done is lead the league in QBR and passing touchdowns. He's been just fine. Tough to argue <laughs> with those numbers, RC, but if the Chiefs don't make a deep playoff run, what'll be the reason? It ain't him. Right. <laughs> right. So, so, so let's just get that out of the way. And I remember I took a lot of heat last year because I was like, Patrick Mahomes is broken. Yeah. But I was like, mm-hmm. things can be fixed. And now the Kansas City Chiefs fans still hate me. Well, he's fixed, guys. So it's not Come on, Patrick Chiefs Mahomes. Come on, Chiefs but fans. you also have to think about what this team is defensively. It was that this team was good enough to get a stop when they needed it. Sure. They haven't been showing that throughout this year. And I think the prime example of that is the Cincinnati Bengal game. You go down, you attempt the field goal, and you aren't able to make it. You need to come out and get a stop and get the football back. And the Cincinnati Bengals are able to drive the ball down the field and salt the clock away. And also late in that game, especially in the second half, they were thoroughly outplayed. They were thoroughly out physical. And Steve Spagnuolo wouldn't change who he was. Yeah. When you look at the divisional playoff round last year with Josh Allen going back and forth with Patrick Mahomes, there is no quarterback that should be able to play on the level that Patrick Mahomes is playing at when he's playing at that level, but Josh Allen was able to do it. And so when you think about this team, so young at the corner positions, a coach that doesn't necessarily change and loves to play, man, you're going to be attacked by some of the best offenses in this AFC come playoff And those offenses, Cincinnati, Buffalo, if the Chargers get in, they don't match up against. Kelly, right? If Keenan Allen and Mike Williams make it are healthy when and the Chargers make it in the playoffs, you know, this is the team you don't want to see in the Kansas City Chiefs. Totally. And that, they've given up 28 touchdown passes. 15 of those are by rookie corners. Mm-hmm. So that all that man coverage, offensively, you sit there and go, we're going to just continue to take our shots. I agree with that, but I have a question about their offense, as great as it is. I want to see that in the biggest of moments and in the biggest of games where it's win or go home, that you'll actually put all those tight ends on the field and run the football because you didn't last year. I've seen you do it more this year than you've ever done with Pacheco. I've seen it. I actually watched it two weeks ago against the Bengals. Will Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy stay disciplined of putting that 12 personnel, one back, two tight ends, or 13 personnel, one back, three tight ends on the field? And let's live in this hypothetical world where they're down by five, and it's the AFC championship game, and it's six minutes to go in the game. Will you stay disciplined to run the football when teams like a Cincinnati Bengals are going to go, you ain't going to throw the ball against us? I've never seen Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy do that in those games, not in regular season games. In those games, I want to see if they will. Okay, we will get to the rest of these AFC teams we showed you contenders to make a run to the Super Bowl. But on to some horribly sad news in the football world. Mississippi State coach Mike Leach died Monday night at the age of 61 after complications related to a heart condition. Leach, who was in his third season with the Bulldogs, known for his quirky personality, dry wit, and prolific air raid offenses, he was 158 and 107 as a head coach over 21 years at Mississippi State, Texas Tech, and Washington State, where he was named the AFCA National Coach of the Year in 2018. This one hit the college football world really hard. And Dan, you spent some time with him leading up to games you called. What do you remember? 
I called Jordan. I think it was Jordan Rogers. And uh, going into the game, like production meeting, you always try to like connect with guys that have been with other coaches to see what they're like. And I remember calling Jordan. I mean, like, what's he like? Because I had heard the rumors, and he was like, don't talk football with him. Hmm. My immediate brain was like, what are you talking about? He's like, don't talk football with him. G- give him something off, off the football field or outside of football that you want to, like, have a conversation about. And um, uh, I think I threw, like, what's your favorite plot movie or something like that? And he went off for 10 minutes about, you know, some of his favorite movies that had really unique plots, and then he, we dove into football. But um, he was a guy that... Like everyone has said today, just like uh, very interested in so many things more than just football. I think, uh, first off, condolences to his family. Also, uh, the Mississippi State family and everywhere that Mike Leach has coached. Uh, Today is a reminder of what a brotherhood football is. Mm. I never played for Mike Leach. I never met Mike Leach. I've never worked with him. But I feel the sadness that we often feel when we lose someone that's a part of this game. The amount of young kids that he's given the opportunity to get educations, also learn football, and also the authenticity that he showed in just being himself. So hard to function in locker rooms and function in this game and be different. Mm -hmm. And he was able to be different and be so authentic in that that people embraced him Mm -hmm. and he also embraced the people around him. And so to his family, again, I say that our thoughts and prayers uh, will be with them. And Mississippi State in the football world lost a great ambassador to this game that says it doesn't matter the color, it doesn't matter matter the size, it doesn't matter where you come from, that if we're all putting our hand in the pile and we are willing to win, we can learn to be brothers and we can learn Mm -hmm. to be family. So it's truly sad uh, to lose another one. You know, covering the SEC like I do and have done for all these years, I I remember how excited we were when he was coming to the SEC because we thought this is such an infusion of personality. And he was that and then some. One of my favorite stories about Mike Leach was during the height of the pandemic, we started a show with our coordinating producer at SEC Network, Baron Miller, that was called No Off Season. And I hosted it sometimes from my car, sometimes (laughs) in my house. I had a five-month-old, six-month-old baby. Reese was really young then. And I was doing it and kind of thinking, why am I doing this? I'm probably wasting my time. But I was looking for a purpose during the time and felt like I was kind of floundering in my career. And we were reaching out to so many different coaches to come on the show. And we finally got Mike Leach. And he was one of the first to respond back said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. He did it from Key West. We talked about everything hmm. from hot sauce to his bike rides every day. And it just put a smile on your face. But one of the things that stuck with me so much from that interview is he was commending me for being a young mother who was also working at the same time. And it was a message that I really needed at the time. I'm not sure he even knew how badly I needed that. It stuck with me. I internalized it, and it fueled me going forward. And I'm so incredibly thankful that he took the time to say that. He didn't have to do sure. it. Mm-hmm. He's a family-minded man, and, and I think that was one of the things that really propelled him as a coach. We think about all the fun stuff that he did, but there was a lot more substance to it than I think yeah. just that. Either way, the college football world, a lot less colorful today. Coach, I know you have strong thoughts on weddings. Um, I'm in the middle of planning one right now. Do you have you any are, advice for me? Basically, every female in the family is going to terrorize you guys until it's over. What's the best way to take your coffee? Well, coffee tastes terrible anyway, so don't put anything in it to obstruct the harsh, bitter taste. Well, first of all, there should be more sharks if you're buying ocean. We're like one of the most constipated offenses on earth. And there should be a lot more gorillas. There's a reason they only serve mint juleps once a year, because they're awful. I hope there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. It's like Woodstock, except everybody's got their clothes on. 
I've told all my kids, I'll give you $10,000 extra if you elope. So far, they haven't done it, but I would, too. Only Mike Leach could make all of us smile and laugh that way. Mike Leach, gone way too soon. More NFL Live on the way. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The Sunday NFL Countdown Crew has you covered for week 15 at 10 a.m. And then the Monday Night Countdown Crew gets you set for Rams and Packers at 6 Eastern, both on ESPN and the app. Let's get back to Monday night from last night. And in this one, of course, we're going to see what Kyler Murray would do. It's kind of sad to see him smiling there as he gets it going early on in this one, Dan. Oh, Ooh, yeah. him down, except that was the injury. As we told you earlier, he tore his ACL. Mm. He's out for the season, of course. And we'll look to see how this goes for the upcoming season as well. So that means, as Kyler leaves the field, Colt McCoy will be entering. Third quarter is where we pick it up with Colt in the game. And, Dan, it felt like his teammates let him down at times in this one. Yeah, this is the shot, or like the shallow cross, the hop, ball's a little loose, pops out, and then New England falls all over the football, walks in for a touchdown. This was a 13-13 game with 20 minutes to play. Now New England has the advantage 2013. All right, so there's New England, and then uh, we're oh. going to go there to McCoy chucking up the ball, and uh, Marcus Jones says, I got this one. They're trying to take a shot on second down to hop down the field. There's a little bit of a disconnect between the timing of it because of the pressure, easy interception, and then New England finishes it off. Physical run game last night down in the red zone was a good thing for the New England Patriot offense. Patriots win 27-13, to and of course, another one for Bill Belichick. So with that win, the Patriots move into the 7th and final no! wild card spot.
spot in the AFC. I know. Who was that? However, it's not all good news for for New England, okay? According to ESPN Analytics, the Patriots had the hardest remaining schedule in the NFL. After visiting the Raiders this week, they finished the season with games against the Bengals, Dolphins, and Bills. That's not fun. As a result, the Pats only have a 29% chance to make the playoffs. So, Dan, if this Pats team, though, is going to hold on to a playoff spot, what's going to be the reason? Their red zone defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, their defense is a good unit. I believe that their red zone defense is a very good unit. And I would tell you this, just from an offense's perspective, it's because they have this Rolodex of play calls. Mm-hmm. They'll get down in the red zone and they'll double one guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Then they'll double two guys. Oh, they'll play three over two in triangle coverage or they'll play cover zero. And as an offensive play call or a person in those situations, when the field is shrunk down, there's a little bit less space, um, everything happens real quickly. You better have a play call that is very much so built for like your fourth or fifth option to hmm. win. And it's just a guessing game. So that red zone defense, if they can continue to play that at a high level, they got a chance to hang on to that seven spot. Yeah, I'm just so not scared of this team, though. I agree. Right yeah. when 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 you think about what they have on the outside, it makes me it makes me really nervous because you don't have a quarterback that has the dynamic ability or explosive ability sure. to play those skill players into huge plays, into explosive plays, 20, 30 yard pushes down the field, and now you don't have this creative experience play caller that can create create mismatches yeah. or put you in route combos that that make the defense have to make a decision so they're in a conundrum of figuring out where to go and now Mac Jones can use his anticipatory skills and his excellent and his excellent ball placement to win. Mm. And so now how do you compete with these teams in the AFC? And I agree, they play a very good bend, don't break defense. And we've seen the pressure begin to amp up and they've gotten more pressure on the guys like Uche. And now it's not all about Matthew Judon. But when I look at this team and I think about all the savages that they have to play <laughs> offensively, sure. I love what you do defensively in the red zone right. because it looks like a defensive guy is calling those plays. I hate what you do offensively because it looks like a defensive guy uh. is calling those plays. I- I think the simplification for their offense for me is like they have average players offensively that they demand elite execution from. That's not fair. The scheme isn't helping them out. And Mac Jones has the fourth worst QBR in the NFL this season. He's ahead of only Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, and Davis Mills. Ooh. Okay, back to our look at the teams with the best chance to win the AFC this year. And we turn our focus to the Buffalo Bills. Oh, the Bills are not going to like this one. Okay, well, buckle up then, Bills. The strength of the Bills, their balance on both sides of the ball. Buffalo, one of four teams in the NFL that ranks in the top ten in both offensive and defensive efficiency. And they are the only AFC team that can make that claim. The Bills have the best point differential in the AFC by far, outscoring their opponents by more than 10 points per game. I just want to say, by the way, here, at least two of us, I can't remember about you, picked the Bills to be in the Super Bowl. Did you? No? I think I did. Okay, so we like the Bills, okay? Bills Mafia. Our job is not to come on television anymore to tell you (laughs) that you're good. Our job is to figure (laughs) out what's going to be the flaw. I'll tell you that you're good, too, if you're good, though. Well, they are, right? But if a team is going to knock the Bills off, what's the reason? So... Dan did an amazing job yesterday of talking about how the Bills pretty much are in third and YOLO all the time. Yeah. We were talking about Yolo. it on Get Up, and he was just yeah. saying the, the inefficiency to just gain decent 
consistent yards on first down is a problem for this team. But it's always okay because it's like Josh gets us out of it. Right. So to me, it's Ken Dorsey understanding that and Ken Dorsey coaching his quarterback out of avoiding the checkdowns, mm. out of taking the, the, the easy throws, and also calling plays that takes that away from Josh. Sure. Give Josh some quicks. Let's throw some screens. Yeah. Let's use the run game. And even when the run game isn't giving you the explosive plays that you know you can get on the right shoulders of 17, consistently calling them so now the offense stays consistent and offense is balanced, yeah. but also the defense has to play it. Yeah. And now I know I can't go too high or I can't go three deep or I can't go two man and know that Josh Allen won't take the check down. Yeah. This is a team that has to understand just because I can don't mean I have to. <laughs> and if they can do that, I believe they're better in the playoffs. When you said that on Get Up yesterday talking about Dorsey and you were like, he's got to call the plays to make sure that those are like – the situations that help him, I thought that was a huge point. Hmm. But I believe it's a symptom of the disease. The disease. I think the disease is their offensive line is just not a very good unit. Yep. Specifically at the right tackle spot, no one on their offensive line has played to their capability. And the reason is this is all connected. First and ten, right? Josh Allen drops back and he breaks the pocket. Now he's got Stephon Diggs. There's an efficient throw right there, RC, right? For four, yeah. five, six yards. And I sit there and go take it. But then I watch this shot downfield that's almost a touchdown. It's a foot away from being a big play. Now we go to second 10 play action pass and nothing's there. So great, throw the check down. Well, Josh is in that mode. We're like, I don't want to throw the check down. I, I just, I got to get my 10 yards. I got to get my 12 yards. Well, it becomes a third down or it becomes a throwaway. Right. Now look what happens. Third down. As great as Josh Allen is, this team is not built to play in third and long. Mm. And, yeah. that, and I think the Kansas City Chiefs are. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are. Mm -hmm. This team's not because they can't protect. And it's all connected. And I very much so live on that line of I want them to be more efficient. I want them to be a little bit more completion driven. But I don't want to lose the you're a big play, splash play making quarterback. And I just think that's a really unique or difficult position to be in for their but, offense. And, and but also in that position, it's not saying be more completion driven as a detriment to your big playability. Yeah. It's yeah. that in the moment, in the right situation, if it's first down, it's okay for me to get four. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? If it's third down, it's not. It's I know so I got to get situationally driven. It's situationally yeah. driven. And we have to coach that and preach that throughout the week. And, yeah. and when you're in the heat of the moment in those situations, making those decisions, I mean, that's difficult too, especially yeah. when you're Josh Allen and you know you're capable yeah. of it. Hey, coming up, we got something special. Todd McShay is in. In studio, I see him right over there. He's going to join us to discuss up, his very Todd? first mock draft. It's already time for this, guys. Hear who he has going where and why. There's a really interesting pick right around number five that we'll tell you about. We'll be right back on NFL Live. I'm so motivated. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Okay, so while the rest of us are getting ready for the holidays, Todd McShay has been prepping for mock draft season. <laughs> he goes to the with up. us. He, this man's always uh, working. This is his first mock. It's live on ESPN.com right now. You don't want to miss it, okay? But Todd's going to take us through the top three guys, starting with the Bears pick at number three. Go mm. ahead, Todd. Yeah, Ryan Poles, the GM for, for the Bears, would be thrilled if this happens. If the best player in this draft is there at number three, Will Anderson, you got to take him. Remember, you know, Khalil Mack is gone. Robert Quinn is gone. They sent him out of town. They only have 16 sacks, I think, on the season. Worse, worse in the league. Will Anderson comes in. 91 pressures the last two years. I mean, this guy is all, just play after play after play. More sacks than he has games played the last two years. Mm. Then I had, had Jalen Carter going number two ahead of Anderson. Now, there are character issues, and that's going to be an, that's a topic that we talk about a lot. But Pete Carroll hasn't really been concerned about character issues in the past, and he's made it work. And I think from a talent perspective, he might be the best player. The last three games when he came back from the ankle injury, mm. he was the best player in college football, offense or defense. This guy's an absolute stud in the interior. And then number one, listen, Houston Texans need a quarterback. It's not if they'll take one, it's which one. I would go with Bryce Young at this point. He is undersized, and we can get into that. But my goodness, he, he's like a, a miniature Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> the, the, the feel, the poise, under pressure, constantly just working around, creating beyond the initial play. And there's no one else, I think, in this class that does that. And I think he has yeah. a chance to be special if he can stay healthy, and that's an if that you can't predict. More on Bryce Young in just moments. But let's look at the entire first round of the mock draft so you get a visual of it. Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, the next quarterback off the board after Young, of course, going to the Lions with the fourth pick, which Detroit acquired from the Rams, remember, in the Matthew Stafford trade. You don't have to wait much longer for another QB to go off the board. The sixth pick, McShay has the Falcons taking Kentucky's Will Levitt. That one's interesting. Mm -hmm. Five picks later, it's another SEC QB. Florida's Anthony and Richardson. Mm. We're going to have a that's fun very talking about this Going guy. to the Panthers. Okay, so four quarterbacks in the top 11 with Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. The first one off the board. You heard what Todd just said there. Dan, you got concerns about Young? No. Um, I think he's the closest person to prime Aaron Rodgers that's come out to draft wow. since prime Aaron Rodgers was prime Aaron Rodgers. Uh, his Last feel, year? Yeah. I, like, <laughs> that's MVP. been a long time Legit, ago. I think his feel is so special. I think the game is incredibly slow for him. His ability to get in and out of trouble or get out of trouble and into great plays is rare. Rare. Um, I will ask you this, though, Todd. Do you think that the NFL, because we have had two smaller quarterbacks get drafted in the last four or five years yep. that haven't potentially, I guess, worked out. Baker's on his third team, mm -hmm. and then Kyler has kind of plateaued as far as production or had until last night's injury. Yeah. Do you think that that might, like, scare the NFL away, saying the two guys that we did take that were smaller, they haven't necessarily taken off and worked out? Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly could. And I, I know this. There are some teams that just will look at that and say, oh, 5'10 and a half, mm -hmm. 195 pounds. Don't care how good he is. It doesn't meet our, our, our prototypes. Mm -hmm. like, that just mm -hmm. doesn't matter. So let's look at C.J. Stroud. Let's look at Will Levis and see which guy we like. Other teams are more open-minded. Yeah. But um, you said it, like, his – and control. Everything is so slow to him. Yeah. Nothing. That's why he never panics with the football. Yeah. Like, never. You, Joe Burrow. But you, like. you got to find a way to protect him right. as, as much as you can and, and try to, you know, prevent yeah. him from running and taking a lot of hits. But I, I just, I think he is different than anything else we've seen. Yeah, Ooh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah I haven't been impressed, uh, that impressed with a quarterback in a two-year run 
in the history of my time watching SEC football. Mm. Wow. And I've seen a ton of them. And when yeah. you watch Bryce, the entire field looks slow to him. Think about the play he makes to win the game against Texas where yeah. it's a sure. day that he's not having sure. a great day. He doesn't have these tremendous skill players we're used to seeing the Alabama Crimson Tide had. And he won that game by himself. Even when he was playing in LSU this year within a team that I don't, I think LSU was the more talented team. Yeah. yeah. Bryce Young was the reason that they were still yeah. in the game and also what they could do defensively. I know people are going to look at the size and he has a smaller frame. I think that's the difference between Baker Mayfield, Tyler Murray, and Bryce Young. But I will say this. You mentioned Patrick Mahomes, and I do think the arm angles, the accuracy, and all those things. But the type of poise he shows and the demeanor is very Jalen Hurts-like to me. He is a true leader that is unflappable. Well, and along those lines, he's going to impress the socks off of these teams in interviews. I I don't think we can overstate that enough. Bryce Young is going to come in there. They're going to say, yeah, he's the real deal. Mm -hmm. All right, let's play a little game of Ask Todd, where each of us is going to get to ask him anything we want about his latest mock. Uh, You should have heard the questions that didn't make it. Anyway, (laughs) all right, Dan. You're up. What do you want to ask? At number seven, the Colts. (laughs) Yeah. Do they have any choice but to go up to get a quarterback? No no matter who the head coach is, if it's Jeff Saturday, do they do an NFL retread? Do they sign a college coach? Like that could be a team that goes after a coach from college. Do they have to go get a quarterback? Absolutely. Okay. We've tried the the veteran retread thing and and it's not working. And Chris Ballard, the GM, has done a good job putting a roster together. They just haven't had a quarterback to, to pull it all together. The order is going to change. The Texans, wherever they pick, it's most likely going to be at number one. They're taking a quarterback. After that, you got the Seahawks, the Bears, definitely not taking a quarterback. Right. The Lions, we'll see. We'll see what, what they think now of, of Goff. But to me, you, if it's this order of Texans one, uh, Seahawks two, Bears three, mm-hmm. you got to move up to one of those spots. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you also have Atlanta sitting there, too, right. in this right. order, one spot ahead of you. So you got to make sure you get get up there ahead of probably Detroit at four, but absolutely ahead of the Falcons at six. Yeah, I mean Atlanta's interesting. They they just put Ritter in there to kind of see what he can do. We'll see right. what that looks like. But either yeah. way, they could be looking for a QB. To your point, all right, what do you have for Todd? Well, Todd, we did a roundtable about the return to the run game, and part of that was me speaking. You have to return to the run game because these kids are taught the pass game throughout their entire high school careers with seven on seven and all of these different camps. You have a ton of cornerbacks going in the first round. Has this now become the sexy position to think that you can get a guy from the college ranks and plug and play him very early in the NFL? Yeah, I think so. And it used to be totally different. Like, okay. You know, corners would come in, you'd be worried how long is it going to take them to adjust. I mean, look at Sauce Gardner, uh, you know, Derek Stingley coming in. I mean, there isn't a Sauce or, or a Stingley in this in this class, I'll okay. say that. But there are six guys that weren't consideration in the, in the first round. And mm-hmm. all of them, uh, you know, various degrees, but all of them are ready. So many of them are long, like 6'2", 6'1", 6'2", long arms with the speed. So... It's different. I think you're right. I think it's from growing up in the seven-on-sevens and passing leagues and everything else. If you're not a receiver, you're a corner, but you're learning and, early. And you know, you know the other thing that's changing, playing corner is becoming sexy. Yes. It's getting to the point. No, well, guys Sauce is right. Right, one of the got, coolest got, dudes in the, in the well, league. Well, that too, but guys are thinking, okay, I'm 6'2", I have a little wiggle, I can yeah. catch. But if I go play defense, now I'm different because everyone that's built like me yeah. has the skill set, plays on that side. Good point. Right. You know, By the way, not, I agree with Anthony Richardson. I agree with it. Wow, okay, that we're going to get to, like, down the road, but that's going to be <laughs> an incredibly polarizing. 
the yeah. conversation. Okay, notice you had a running back in the top five. Yeah. At Texas' Bijan Robinson to the Eagles. We've only seen one <laughs> running back <laughs> taken in the top 20 in the last five drafts. Is, is Bijan going to break that trend this year, you think? Probably not. Yeah. Eagles, I liked it. Eagles fans, <laughs> Eagles John, fans deal it. with it. Like, <laughs> why is everyone so mad? I, I gave you maybe the best player in college football at number five overall. Yeah. I get it. You don't want to draft a running back at five, but why don't you listen to some reason for a second? 91 force missed tackles this young man Ooh. had at 220 plus pounds. Great pass protection, exceptional ball skills for a running back. And why wouldn't I take a rookie contract for a running back mm. who's an upgrade over Miles Sanders, who I have to pay? Because he's a free agent now. Mm. So now I got to go pay him big bucks, point. but I can get a rookie like contract it. for a fraction of that and put, dump all that money into the rest of my roster. The so. other piece is we got an opportunity to interview him on a pivot. Yeah. Not just a good human. Oh, no. I oh. mean, an excellent human will excellent. immediately upgrade your locker room. And I do believe in high school, he averaged like 20 yards a carry. That, that locker room is already <laughs> so good, too. You Arizona? add more to yeah. it. All right, by the way, there's a whole lot more mock drafts coming your way. We're just getting started when, when it comes to our draft coverage. Yeah. My favorite time of the year. Thanks to Todd McShay for joining us here. Check out that mock oh, on ESPN.com. Let's go. Yo, it's Tuesday. That means it's touchscreen Tuesday. These boys are going to hit the touchscreen to tell you how teams might have figured out a way to clip Tua and the Finns. The guys are tapping in next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Everybody's trying to figure out how all of a sudden Tua Tungavaloa doesn't have too much sauce. But Ooh, we've seen a little okay, trend the okay. last couple of weeks okay. that has shown why teams are playing better against one of the Miami Dolphins' staple plays. All right, white boy question here. What's the best Jay-Z album of all time? Uh, that would have to be the blueprint. Ah! <laughs> all right, so four plays at home. I want Miami Dolphins fans to pay attention to this. I guarantee you Mike McDaniel is. So bottom of the screen, everyone pay attention. And we call that like a reduced slot, okay, mm-hmm. where the condensed slot's going to happen. And you're going to get that two-by-two end-up split. Look you're going to get this wrap in and off the ball right there. Look at all this space. This is what Mike McDaniel is trying to create. Yeah. Because if you get this space, yeah. the speed get up the field, and now you can have Tua Tungavaloa, who is a great window thrower, find the space to throw it.
it. Exactly. So that's our first clip against the Detroit Lions. I want to attack the middle of the field. Yep. You saw that space that RC was talking about. Mm -hmm. You also saw the space in the middle of the field. Very similar look, right? There's that condensed slot. You're going to get that switch release again. Inside guy goes up, and then we're going to get Tyreek Hill down the sideline. And once again, we have a bell corner here. Now we have a miscommunication between Hufunga and Charvarius Ward. And once again, Tua Tungavaloa with windows of space to throw the football. And no one's near him defensively with yep. all that room in the middle of the field. So I guarantee you, Braden Steadley was like, we are not going to do that when we get those formations. Yep. Shout out to Ben Solak for all this stuff. Watch what the Chargers did on Sunday Night Football. There it comes again. There's that right. condensed slot formation up top. And what you're going to get is the off the ball, spray from inside, and then outside release again. Now also, too, think about this. Here's, here's what preparation does for you. We're going to see Mike Jones up top. He's not going to back off of the football because once he gets the motion, we're in man-to-man -man coming across. Watch the communi communication. They're going to go inside out, and now we're going to switch that route so Jalen Waddle has to run right into Jones, and we can be inside out on Tyreek Hill. And that's the thing for me, RC. Offensively, I'm watching the Dolphins play inside leverage. Inside leverage. Yep. We showed those first two clips to show you that's exactly where the Dolphins want to tap. I want to ask you a question. Yep. I see that safety here playing that half of the field. Right. Why are they playing not only with that inside leverage, but also because, because what we're doing here now, right, we're trying to protect windows. We know that you're either going to get quicks, and if we don't get quicks, we're going to get a break 10 to 12. And getting that break 10 to 12, I'm in the perfect position, but he also cannot bend this route right now in between myself and the safety. I love that. So there's that inside leverage that they played the sticky coverage. Yep. That was earlier on in the game. Now I'm going to go to a little bit of the third quarter. You're going to get see that same formation. I've showed you four plays that looked exactly yep. the same, and this is what we're going to get off the, the ball. Also, what's the first thing that happened? We're going to see Asante Samuel Jr. He's going to move from seven to four yards because they don't want the space on the outside in order to be able to fit these balls in. So you're saying that Asante Samuel Jr. went started off right there, yep. and then as that motion comes, he moves up on purpose to get that body close yep. to him. This is what I see, RC, as they get off the ball. Look at that sticky coverage again. There's that inside leverage yep. again where that safety's playing over the top, mm -hmm. and then there's that inside leverage by both those defenders making sure that they cannot attack the middle field. Look at, I can't throw the ball in the middle of the field. Look at all that leverage Here's that's it, getting played. Also, we also have the leverage, but look at the awareness by the backside safety. Now this safety can be as high as he wants in case we get the sail route that comes here outside, but we have a safety pushing over the top to Jalen Waddle. Also, the sticky coverage inside here. Man, so the Chargers defensively said we are going to take away exactly what you want to do. I'm being dead honest. I think that is a blueprint that is repeatable by yep. other teams. Mike McDaniel, I said this. I think you're a great coach. I want to see how great of a coach he is and the adjustments that he does with rub routes and yep. outbreaking routes out of those formations. Tua Tungabaloa was on his way to being in the MVP conversation. Brandon Staley said, let's put a stop to that and show you that you can stop the Miami Dolphins. Now, the adjustment they make next will tell whether they get into the playoffs or they don't. So for right now, the Chargers had a little Tua much sauce. Too much sauce. You guys have too much sauce. It's like Jay-Z on the blueprint. <laughs> hey, Reasonable Doubt is the best Jay-Z album. Oh, anyway, I hear you. Up next, back to our AFC exercise today. Dan is going to talk about the Ravens, the Bengals. One of these teams lacks everything he says when it comes to the passing game. More NFL Live on the way. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. The annual NBA on Christmas Day tradition continues with five star-studded games on ESPN and ABC. Sixers-Knicks starts the day at noon Eastern. Then it's Lakers-Mavs, Bucks-Celtics, Grizzlies-Warriors, and Suns-Nuggets. Caps the night. Spend your holiday with us. Can't wait to have you there. I'm just like Luka. <laughs> what? Okay, we continue our discussion on the top four teams in the AFC. So now we go to a pair of AFC North teams, beginning with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Playoff games often decided in the fourth quarter, and that's when Joe Burrow has been at his best this season. You see it there. He leads the NFL in QBR and passing touchdowns in the fourth quarter of one-score games this season, which is when the score is within eight points. As a result, Cincinnati has won four straight games in this scenario, including a win over the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. Man, this beat slaps. <laughs> I love it. Okay, RC. Oh, it's slapping. You just never know. Oh, we had to stop it, though. Okay, so RC. Tell Bengals fans the one thing that could bite them the down the stretch, no. like we've done with all these other AFC contenders. Well, I'm yeah, going right. to tell you what. If they don't get better at quarterback and number oh. one receiver, it's not going to happen. Like, I think when, and when you look at this team, they have certainly improved on the offensive line. Yeah. But that is still something that's a source of, a, a source of, of worry mm. for me. Now, this team has played a ton of those guys together. But when you look at the Tennessee Titans game in the divisional round last year, the way that the season finished off against the Los Angeles Rams, that offensive line immediately or eventually deteriorated throughout the playoffs. They have a new group. They replaced every but one player on that line. Can they continue to protect Joe Burrow in the way that they are, especially in critical football moments? Because if we look at when Joe Burrow starts to show his superpowers the most, it's during those times. If you keep him clean, you have an opportunity to bring a ring back to Cincinnati. I would say this. This is the hardest team in the NFL for me to find a flaw in. Like an an actual flaw in the whole NFL. But if you want to continue to zero blitz me, Mm. eventually someone has the opportunity to take advantage of it. All they have to do is hit one or two. Saw it twice with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. Completely flip a game. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is against Cleveland this past week. When all those defenders, RC knows this, are that deep and on the same level, we know zero's coming. Third and eight, third and nine. Dude, you dump this off to a shallow cross. At worst, it's a one-on-one open field tackle. It could potentially go for a 70-plus yard touchdown, but Deshaun doesn't see it. This is a couple weeks ago against Tennessee. Third and eight and third and nine again. There's mm-hmm. that everybody on the same level, but eight, nine yards off the ball, sitting right at the sticks. You've got an outside leverage corner play off against an yeah. inside leverage or inside breaking route. If that falls out, just a blink sooner or out in front, that's a walk-in touchdown. Patrick's not going to miss that. How much, of, how much of it helps, though, that Lou Anarumo can give you a little dressing with that as well, where it seems to be that that's going to be the call, and now we're dropping out backers in the A-gap. Totally, and I think once you get into those playoffs, if they're going to run that against, like, versus the Chargers or versus mm. the Chiefs, it's a roll the dice sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's sometimes offensively we sit there and go, You're, you might win this one, but again, if I hit you once or twice, yeah. that completely can flip a game. One word answer, team with the best chance to best the Bengals if it came down to it. Chiefs? Um, to beat the Bengals if it came down to it? Chiefs. 
Chiefs? Yeah, Chiefs. still, I would agree. I'd I, say the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, interesting. Wow. So that leads oh. right into that. Now to those Ravens, whose defense TV then, Daniel. has taken it I to another Ravens, level man. since acquiring Roquan Smith. With Smith in the lineup, they've held teams to fewer than three yards per carry. That's the best rate in the NFL. They've also held opponents to the lowest third down conversion rate in the league. And only the 49ers have allowed fewer points per game during this stretch. You think about how we talk about the 49ers defense. Well, that Ravens defense is right up there with them. What is the RC, the single biggest issue facing the Ravens as we approach the playoffs. <laughs> they ain't got nobody to throw it to on the outside. Ah. When you look at this team, when they have the ability, at least recently, to push the ball down the field, it's Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson played with Ryan Clark, and Deshaun Jackson was actually a veteran at that time. And I've been doing <laughs> TV for six years. Third person so, Ryan Clark? No, just Ryan Clark, the regular oh, one. Him. The one that oh. sits here and was playing there. We know and him. So, now they're not going to be able to add anybody on the outside. So what is this team going to do when you get into a position where Lamar Jackson or where whoever, if it's Tyler Huntley, has to throw the football yeah. in order for you to win? If you get behind, can you create enough dynamic and explosive plays in your pass game yeah. with the people you have? I don't necessarily believe they can, and that's why so much is dependent on Lamar Jackson, which is a very difficult place to be in the AFC. I agree on the people. I'll take it a step further. Every good passing game in the NFL, X's and O's, I want people at home to understand this. You need spacing, timing, a reason, rhythm, con connection, distribution. Everything's tied together. Hmm. Ravens have none of that, none of that in their offensive pass game. And that's why you sit there and go, like, look at this up top. This is this past week with Huntley. When, what, where is there a spacing here, or, or reasoning, or connection, or distribution, or everything stuck together? There are five guys on one hash of the field to the sideline. There's yeah. way too many plays, not only uh, in that game, but on a weekly basis mm -hmm. that look like that. And so if I sit there and say, man, their defense is playing so good, and Dobbins back helped, and Lamar's going to – their passing game – Schematically, X's and O's is so fundamentally flawed. We just and talked about Luana Rumo. Right. You take all uh, that away. Uh, that was the problem last year, too. It, it's, as it's for as much of a fan of their run game I is with Greg Roman, yeah. I'm the complete opposite in their passing. I, I, think, I think another piece of it is when you look at the Baltimore Ravens in their run game, we can tell you what every guy specializes in. Yeah. Other than Mark Andrews, we don't know what those guys specialize yeah, in. They, they don't have a number one. We don't know that you're going to line up here and you're the guy that can push the football down the field. Or you're a guy who we understand that if we get the football into your hands in the right space, we can get yards after the catch. Yeah. And so it's like they're moving people around trying to find a chess piece that fits exactly where yeah. they need it in order to win. And until they get some sort of identity passing, and we usually say this about physicality. Right. They don't have a passing identity other than who and Mark I, Andrews is. And I think is. that's why we sometimes we see Lamar get back and he just becomes jumpy yeah. and running around. And I'm like, I get it now. I understand <laughs> right. why he does What else that? are you going to do? And by the way, he can do that and still create out of it, yeah. which is yeah. only he can do. Okay, new on NFL Live. This just coming across as 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan saying he expects wide receiver Debo Samuel to return from his knee and ankle injuries in around three wow. weeks. That's great, Dan. I mean, Enormous. Earlier than maybe we thought, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. They're, this offense runs through everybody essentially but the quarterback. They run their yeah. offense through Debo. They run their offense through Kittle. They run their offense through McCaffrey. If he can come back and healthy in three weeks – Oh, my goodness, that's everything. They are bona fide Super Bowl contenders still. Remember also that maybe Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, but Brock Purdy's Why been you playing so well. <laughs> you Why you may need not him? need him. Sorry, Why Jimmy. You need Why him? you need him? Okay, time Why for one more him? thing before we go. We all love that Panay Sewell third-down catch Sunday for the Lions. Dan Campbell was on Pat McAfee's show, explained 
He didn't exactly know what he agreed to in the moment. <laughs> These things happen during the game, but um, so we're in that that situation, and the fans are doing the wave um, around the stadium, and so I'm just watching, and I hear Ben Johnson's like, "Hey, coach, you want him?" And I, and I'm just. I'm so focused on the wave, and I said, yeah, that's fine. And I look up, and we're throwing it to Panay, and I'm like, what the f*** are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, it was fine. so, But it worked out great. Um, it was unbelievable. He had no clue they were doing that. By the way, the wave is really distracting. I don't know. It's just funny. It is is really distracting, but that only works if you're Dan Campbell. Yo, can you imagine if that was incomplete? He had no clue what was happening. Well, if it was incomplete, you can't admit that. No doubt. Good for Dan to admit that, man. I love that. Also, good for Panay Sewell catching that pass. You know what I mean? It looks really athletic. You see Mina's painting of it? Oh, yeah, it's incredible. Check out Mina's painting. We'll see you tomorrow. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply.